Before I get started, I just wanted to ask y'all if you can, if you do want to listen to this podcast on YouTube, go to our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Oakland Warriors and subscribe. The podcast episodes end up on there as well. It's just another way to listen if that's your preferred method. Yo, what up? Welcome to another episode of the Oakland Warriors podcast. I'm Patrick, flying solo. So the Warriors, they beat the Memphis Grizzlies 110-96 in game six, and they get to move on to the Western Conference Finals where they'll meet either the Dallas Mavericks or Phoenix Suns. And this game, man, it was tense. It was stressful. It was like three and a half quarters of just, wow, I guess the Warriors might lose this one. And I'll say, I'll say again that I had predicted before the playoffs started that the Warriors would beat the Grizzlies in six games. And again, it wasn't because I thought the Warriors wouldn't need seven games, but I just felt that if the Warriors had to take a game seven in Memphis, that at the end of a hard fought series, that that would be a a tough one to negotiate. So I figured that their best chance would be in six. I had no idea that it would play out this way, that they would have a 3-1 lead and then get blown out by 39 and be down by 55 in game five. But you definitely wanted to see them take this game because a loss in game six after that drubbing in game five, it would have set them up for some tough mental exercises in a game seven and I don't know what their chances would have been the momentum would have been really really against them but luckily we won't have to find out the Warriors they started Kevon Looney which great that was Draymond and Steph saying that and I can appreciate that because they're the vets they wanted to go with someone that they were comfortable with they wanted size to fight Jaron Jackson Jr. and Steven Adams and that Totally, totally made sense. I mean, Kevon Looney was amazing. He played 35 minutes, which is an eternity for Kevon Looney. If you watched him out there, he was just, he was gassed. You know, every rebound, he was just fighting and then he would pass the ball and then he'd chug up the court. I mean, he looked like he was 60 years old out there. So props to him. And he had 22 boards, 11 offensive, 11 defensive boards, plus 10 it's amazing. It's amazing. Like Looney, he's been with the Warriors since he was like 18 years old and it feels like he's been there forever and he's only in his mid twenties or something. You know, I hope they keep that guy somehow, some way. And he's just such a solid, solid dude for them and somebody that they can turn to for nights like this, right? Yes, he has his offensive liabilities and deficiencies, but in a series like this, especially without John Morant in a game like this, ultimately it was the right call. I mean, the Warriors had 70 rebounds. That's like the most rebounds in decades that a team's ever had in the playoffs. And the Grizzlies only had 44. So the Warriors started Kevon Looney and they came out fighting. You know, they came out fast. They had that initial run and they jumped on the Grizzlies a little bit. Clay was aggressive. He was looking to beat game six Clay and Draymond was aggressive. He was pushing the ball on the break nonstop and it definitely worked. But the thing that did the Warriors in for a while was just turnovers. You know, that is always, always their thing. And that basically is what allowed the Grizzlies to stick around so much because the Warriors were winning the rebound battle, but the turnovers and the points off turnovers from the Grizzlies throughout 
it would have been a brutal, painful loss if they lost because of all of those turnovers. I just got to say, too, this series, it felt like the 2016 OKC series a little bit. It felt like a lot of those Rocket series where you know, you just didn't know. You didn't know if the Warriors would get through. And, you know, in hindsight, you're looking back at the, the prime dynasty years. There were some of those series where it was like, oh, this might not go the Warriors way. And it felt like that in this one. And ultimately, you know, after thoroughly beating the Denver Nuggets in round one in the gentleman's sweep and everybody singing the Warriors praises, you know, the Jordan Poole new death lineup type stuff. Ultimately, it's great for them to be pushed and challenged to see the depths of how far they can go. And it's also good for the new guys, the young guys, the Jordan Pools, the Jonathan Kamingas. Kaminga didn't even play in this game. All those dudes to see the pressure and the focus that you need in a game like this, the environment. Because it's a win, it is a overall positive to have gone through this dogfight because you just get those reps with these crowds, whether it's at home or on the road, knowing that in the next round, it's going to be even crazier. Whether it's Dallas, whether it's Phoenix, it's going to be intense. So good on them. And, you know, good on the Memphis Grizzlies. They are a tough team and they really are a different team without John Morant. It's crazy that they can all of a sudden become like just just defensive menace, you know? Granted, like, it's a coincidence that when Ja went out, Stephen Adams came back. So who knows what it would have looked like if Stephen Adams was able to play the whole series. Might have been tougher, uh, especially with the Warriors having fewer big dudes throughout. You never know. You never know. I wish Ja Morant was healthy for this entire series because you want to beat the best. You want to see how that goes. And you want to get rid of those excuses where it's like, oh, if we had John Morant, then, you know, we would have won the series, blah, blah, blah. But Memphis is good. And they'll stick around for a while. You know, Dylan Brooks afterwards said that they're just getting better. They're going to use this for motivation, that the Warriors are getting old. We'll 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 talk more about that in the offseason. But the Warriors obviously have a lot of young pieces who need to develop more. But I've always said I think the Warriors will be better next year than they are this year. We'll see. We'll see. I'm sure this is not the last that these teams will see of each other in the postseason. Andrew Wiggins. That dude started off one for nine, and it looked like he was coming out flat, but that guy just closed. You know what I mean? He just closed. Big threes, got that steal and fast break dunk. Basically, Dylan Brooks dribbled off his foot, and Wiggins was there, scooped it up, and just went in and dunked it. I think everybody, for a split second, had a flashback and was wondering what Dylan Brooks would do. I was like, he better not chase down and foul Wiggins hella hard because, you know, even Wiggins thought it because he looked behind himself twice before he threw that down. Dylan Brooks gave up running after him. He couldn't catch him. So, you know, that would have been crazy if he fouled Wiggins hard on that in Chase Center. That would have been nuts. But, you know, props to Wiggins because he showed up. He hit some really, really big shots. You know, and we always talk about 16 game players, right? Draymond Green talking about that. And no one knew (laughs) what Andrew Wiggins would be like in the playoffs, but he's turned out to be that. Obviously, he's not required to carry a huge scoring burden and he's much more of a role player, but that's fine. You know, that's fine. When he's called upon it, he's been able to hit these shots. So I'll take that. I'll put the 16 game player moniker on him 
And, you know, not to not to litigate the Minnesota Timberwolves D-Lo trade again, but sometimes I read newspapers and blogs from around the NBA, and sometimes I'll read comments and stuff. And this is for those Minnesota fans who still think they won the trade because they got D'Angelo Russell. I mean, obviously, Warriors fans know that Jonathan Kaminga, Andrew Wiggins, those guys are better than just having D'Angelo Russell, right? And I've always said from last summer that Jonathan Kaminga might be the best player ultimately in that trade. And I think that's proving to be true, or at least it's tracking that way. But let's just look at D'Angelo Russell in the playoffs versus Andrew Wiggins. Granted, D'Angelo Russell probably has a bigger load to carry, but against these Grizzlies, he did not show up in any of those games especially in the clutch when they needed him to. He got replaced by Jordan McLaughlin, the backup point guard. McLaughlin was better than him. You know, he's just a better point guard. And D'Angelo Russell plays no defense. And he's not very good at being a traditional point guard. And that's documented, right? (laughs) Like, that's what everybody was writing about after the Memphis-Minnesota series. To the point where D'Angelo Russell is up for a contract extension this summer. And everyone, the media, the fans are saying, like, don't give it to him. You know, it'd be suicide. It'd be like, basically... It'd be like the Andrew Wiggins contract all over again. So they want to move him. So unless they get some crazy superstar, it's like they traded Andrew Wiggins, the pick that became Kaminga, a second rounder that the Warriors used to trade to OKC to get Kelly Oubre Jr. last season for D'Angelo Russell, who they might not keep. I'll take that, right? And then just the ability for Andrew Wiggins to step up in these moments, whereas D'Angelo Russell folded. I mean, that's clear right there, right? Like if Andrew Wiggins helps you win a title, then again, it's not my money. It's Joe Lacobs and they can afford it. But that's the whole point, right? They took him on because they needed him to play this role. And if they ultimately achieve their goal, then Andrew Wiggins is worth it. Moving forward, who knows? But for these playoffs and this season and the past two and a half years, yeah, great. You know, the Warriors won this trade, bottom line, period. And, you know, I know we all know that. Maybe y'all are tired of hearing about it, but it's just more evidence of, like, when it comes down to it. And I don't care about, like, all the chatter about Andrew Wiggins being an all-star, all-star starter, whatever. It doesn't matter. These are the moments that matter. And this is where the Warriors went out over the Wolves in that respect. I mean, they both played Memphis. One showed up and one did not. I'll leave it at that. I can appreciate the fact they didn't play Jonathan Kaminga in this game. You know, like I said, at the top, they went with their vets and they weren't messing around at this point. You know, they were just like, we're going to get this game and this is who we're going to go with. So fine. Great. You know, (laughs) Jonathan Kaminga looked like he was enjoying himself celebrating every big shot in the fourth quarter, but he will be an integral part moving forward in these playoffs. The NBA playoff action is nonstop at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. This week, new customers can bet just $5 on any team to win and get $150 in free bets if they do. Looking to turn a small bet into a big payday during the NBA playoffs? With DraftKings Same Game Parlays, you can do just that. Create your own parlay by combining multiple bets like which team will win, total made threes, total rebounds and more, and boom, 
you have a shot at an even bigger payout. Right now, all customers can place the same game parlay with three or more legs and get a free bet back up to $25 if one leg doesn't hit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TBPN. Bet $5 on any NBA team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. That's promo code TBPN, only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Basically, the Warriors started the lineup that I guess they should have had to start this season. The regular starting lineup would have been Steph, Clay, Wiggins, Draymond, and Kevon Looney. I, I was watching the game. I was like, oh, this isn't a weird starting lineup. It's just that they didn't have these guys healthy all at the same time to roll this lineup out. That would have been their quote unquote normal lineup this year. Great win. Like, you know, at the end, they just pulled it out. I do worry about some more of those turnovers going into the next series. But thankfully, thankfully, not only do the Warriors close it out, but they also get some rest. Props to the Dallas Mavericks for extending that other series to seven games. You know, in terms of who I'd want to see, like they both present problems. But bottom line is you play the Mavericks, you have home court advantage right out the gate. Right. And then also the Phoenix Suns, they have more size in the middle. And as we saw in this series, that can give the Warriors problems, especially if Otto Porter Jr. is going to be out a little bit longer or he's going to be compromised or he can't play as many minutes. So I'll take the Mavericks. That's probably pretty obvious. But I think the Warriors match up with these teams better than they did with the Memphis Grizzlies. Not saying it's going to be easier, but... Again, it'll be a chess match, and I look forward to that. And I'm assuming, I'm hoping, Steve Kerr will be back for Game 1. Game 7 is on Sunday, and so Game 1 would be maybe Tuesday at the soonest. Having him on the sideline will hopefully give the Warriors even more of a little bit of a boost. And, you know, there's a lot of chatter amongst folks I know, amongst people in general, that especially after that terrible loss, like doom and gloom about, you know, the Warriors just don't have it this year. I mean, the Warriors are an inherently flawed team, right? Inherently flawed. And they're not the dynasty teams, but like there's no dynasty teams right now. And I think that a lot of the teams have flaws. I mean, we've seen the Suns who were coasting for a lot of the second half of the season. We've seen them have problems. And I think that the Warriors always, you know, use that phrase high variance. I think that, when they play well, they can beat anybody. When they're making mistakes, play with poor energy, come out slow, have a lot of turnovers, foul a lot, whatever, I feel like they can lose to anybody. So they have as good of a chance as any other team right now to make it through. Obviously, they were my pick to win it all at this point. And it's great to know that they are going to continue to play and develop. I feel like Every game is good for them because they get more of a rhythm and the young guys get more experience in these environments. So just keep going and <laughs> just keep going. And lastly, I just want to talk about that Clay Thompson dagger at the end where they got like three chances at a basket. And Steph started off with a three, missed it, and then Looney got the rebound, and then the ball made its way back to Steph, and he missed it again. And then Looney got the rebound again, and he just looked purely exhausted. He passed it out to Clay, who was just open on the left wing. Clay catches it straight up, swish, 
that was a beautiful moment that I rewatched several times. The beauty of being able to replay stuff a lot is like you get to watch these moments like they're Renaissance paintings, right? You get to see everybody's reaction over and over and over again. And, you know, seeing Looney, like literally just like getting that rebound kind of just barely stumbling and then passing it off to Clay. Clay, who... Again, the beauty in his shot is that it's just such a pure motion and he doesn't have to bring the ball down. He catches it up high and he just goes up and shoots it. He doesn't like gather. He just catches it and flips it up there. And it going in, seeing Steph raise both of his hands in celebration, kind of exhausted celebration, seeing Looney take a couple steps towards midcourt and then flex and seemingly yell. You know, like he deserves that. And then Andrew Wiggins, who was running in for the rebound, seeing it go in and also just like pumping and flexing and smiling and yelling. I mean, you know how much I love seeing emotion out of Andrew Wiggins. So that was amazing. And then just seeing the bench explode. It was a great moment. And again, one of those moments that Warriors fans, Warriors marketing, (laughs) Warriors media will replay over and over again as they should right like this is definitely one of those defining moments for this series and this iteration of the team in game six clay right because then after that he went running down the court and started just holding up six fingers it's fantastic to see that because again game six clay i mean he had 30 points in the 2019 finals when he tore his acl right when danny green hit him so it was a very very poignant moment to me watching that over and over again. So it was very, very special. And that's what watching these playoffs are about. Very cathartic. You know, it's very fitting that Steph missed a couple and then Clay nailed it and it was done after that. Anyway, that's all I got for now. We'll see who wins this Phoenix Dallas game and uh, go Mavs. Anyway, that's another episode of the Oakland Warriors podcast. Be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Feel free to hit me up on Twitter at Patrick Lupino or at Oakland Warriors. Check us out at OaklandWarriors.com. And be sure to check out our YouTube channel, YouTube.com slash Oakland Warriors. Also check us out at OaklandWarriors.com. And be sure to tell your fellow Warrior fan friends to tune in and listen to the Oakland Warriors podcast. It's produced by National Film Society and is a part of the Basketball Podcast Network. And if you're so inclined, please do leave us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts and or Spotify and leave us a nice review on Apple Podcasts. That would be hugely helpful. Thanks for listening. That's it. Music in this episode provided by Paper Sun. Special thanks to Paul Amardo for production support. See you next time and go Dubs.